Hello, and welcome to The Yoga Room, a podcast with me, Abby Hoffman. I'm a yoga teacher based in Norwich in the UK, and each episode I'll be talking to someone who's rocked my yoga world in one way or another. So grab a chai latte or a double espresso and join us. Welcome to the third episode of The Yoga Room. I'm your host, Abby Hoffman. And as I said last time, this season is about talking to longtime practitioners and teachers, people who've inspired me along my own yoga practice and teaching journey. But my next guest has not only inspired me to teach, she propelled me into it. I'm sure she and I will have lots to say about that incident. But before we get into it, I'll briefly introduce Kathy Underwood, who is an award-winning yoga teacher with over 30 years teaching experience. I first met her at Dragon's Health Club in Muswell Hill, London in the late 90s. And that's where my teaching journey started. More about that later. Kathy, it is so good to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. What an introduction. It was lovely. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, let's let's talk about that. How My accidental um, uh, entry into yoga teaching. I swore I didn't want to be a yoga teacher. I had it very firmly in my mind that you had to learn lots of Sanskrit and you know, just, it was too much faff to go and learn all that stuff. So I was like, I'm a dancer. I like teaching dance. I don't think yoga teaching is for me. But what happened one night, I think it was a night, I think it was an evening. I went to your class because I've been going to your class at Dragons. Was it Dragons then or was it something? Yeah, else? it's changed names several times since, but it was. And I, I remember it was a really unusual club. And I think it started from being a squash club and you used to have to go from the entrance through the bar. Do you that's remember? right. That's right. And it had a subterranean swimming pool, which you could do about one length across, like really <laughs> small. But it was great. It was fab. There were some great teachers there. Anyway, yeah, I uh, you were teaching. And I guess it was a dynamic Ashtanga type class. And I went, I was going to that and I was really getting into Ashtanga. I think I'd had my second baby and was you know, just finding that kind of, oh, I need to get fit again and found this, this yoga. And, and I also used to go to Yoga Junction, I think, all night. No, 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 it was the laboratory. It was Nigel Jones wow. up at the laboratory. Yes. So anyway, one night I went to your class and, and you weren't there. And there was a lot of kind of looking at watches and, and sort <laughs> of like, well, where is she then? And, the, and then the reception came and said, well, Kathy's stuck in traffic. And then suddenly it was all eyes on me. Like, well, you teach it then. Brilliant. So I did. And there you go. That's and thank God you began. did, because we need yoga teachers like you in the world. So <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> well, it, it was a bit of a, you know, a baptism of fire because number one, I wasn't qualified. Although in those days, it didn't really, there wasn't really yoga qualifications, was it? You no, 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 I certainly wasn't qualified at all. I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm admitting this on air live. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, it was back in the 80s, wasn't it? So, um, you know, I'd got my fitness. I, I, I mean, I'd been at dance school for three years, so I kind of thought I was pretty qualified in teaching dance. And then the fitness world happened and I got qualified there and I started doing all these yoga classes with um, with John Scott and Denise Martin-Harker. And Oh, yes. So I started doing a million trillion things with them. And, um, and my... I just got invited really to teach 
a yoga class. <laughs> so let, let's um, let's just go back a bit. So you trained as a dancer like me, but in a sort of slightly different milieu. I think I, I kind of got into contemporary and went to Middlesex University and to the place on the contemporary. But you went, correct me if I'm wrong, to the Italia Conti Stage School, which is <laughs> world famous. Oh, yes. Well, you know, only the best. Um, <laughs> well, I, I pretty much, you know, at school, it was just all about dancing for me from a very young age. That's all I wanted to do. And I kind of scraped through qualifications to be able to get, in those days, you got a grant. <laughs> and um, yeah, scraped through and left because I was living on the Isle of Wight. That's where my home was. And um, I got this place at Italia Conti at 17. I left, packed my bags, went to London, loved London, loved it ever since, you did know. You, did you pack leg warmers in your case? I did, yeah. <laughs> and um, lots of uh, tongs because we always had big permed hair in those days. So you had to have your tongs and your hairspray. <laughs> wow. And so um, any any famous classmates that you were I did there actually. with yeah. yes um I expect you know Naomi Campbell yeah oh my goodness um Jenny Powell she's a tv presenter yes yes who else do we have oh Louis Spence <laughs> <laughs> no way yeah but oh a lot of God. a lot of my pals um went into tv production and they're doing so great you know they're working people like well places like um mtv or um voiceover production companies television companies all sorts of things it's it's amazing so um yeah but so back to you so post italia conti and dancing and all of that stuff you found yoga when kind of like take us back to when that was and you said yeah you mentioned like going to teachers like john scott but was it kind of like so for me it was really I, I danced and I liked doing stretch classes and that kind of was what yoga was back in those days as for me anyway but yeah tell, tell us about your experience yeah, I think I, yeah I identify with that actually um I what did I do I so when I left college I, I I was a dancer for a few years and then I by mistake I broke my foot <laughs> and my agent said we should do commercials so I got into commercials and from commercials, I got into the TV world as an actress. I was a horrible actress. But for some reason, <laughs> I'm sure you were. <laughs> for some reason, I think I had the Italia Conti, you know, jazz hands. And we used to, Italia Conti is great for convincing you that you're right for the, you are the right person for the job. So um, they trained as well. And somehow I fell into acting and, you know, I did acting for about 17 years, which was fantastic. But my sideline was teaching dance and I, I fell into the fitness world and loved it and really felt at home there. Um, I think I was in my early 20s, I was definitely hyperactive because I couldn't get enough of aerobic classes, you know. Oh, my goodness. It's permanent. Yes, I remember. Um, yeah. So the fitness world. And I think that's why when the Ashtanga class situation came along, I was really drawn to it in my 20s because it was so powerful and it had that fitness element. And please don't 
don't shoot me, Eshtanga. No, no. But, uh, you know, no, no, I, no. I love Eshtanga, but it was um, at that point in my life, it was really, I fell into it because of the the power of it. I yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, so me too, me too. And I think, I think I remember John Scott saying this very, in very early when I, I was practicing, you know, bit, a bit older than you, maybe like early thirties, but yeah, he said, look, fitness is the door that most of us came in through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so glad that that I did because you know I don't practice regularly in the same way that I used to, but it gave me such an amazing foundation for my yoga practice and and combine that with uh, some Iyengar yoga as well. And I'll, I'll you know for my listeners maybe who who are not sure that the two main styles of yoga that were practiced in this country really were Ashtanga and Iyengar yoga, and you kind of got a mashup of the two really. I, I ain't I Stanga. <laughs> That's a good name. It's your brand Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so you started fitness and teaching and dance class and then drawn to Ashtanga practice teaching that as well. And I think the beauty of the Ashtanga world was very much being part of a family and a journey. Because as soon as I entered that world on a quite a serious basis, you know, it took over my life um, in a good way. I think I felt really connected to something. And, you know, my acting career was very much you would turn up for a job. uh, You'd work with people for a few months and then you'd leave and then you'd go to the next job or you would just turn up for a few scenes and then you'd leave. So you're never really part of a family. Whereas when I was a dancer, I was definitely part of a troupe. You know, you're part of a company. Yeah. And, um, and then that's what I loved so much with the Ashtanga family was, you know, you, you would turn up and it was as if they were your brothers and sisters and you would all practice and share energy and share stories and have that spiritual kind of deeper connection which is very healing so I think that's you know it just caught me and because I was in the health and fitness world I was then being asked to can you teach this yoga class because we've suddenly got people who are interested and no one had qualifications because that just didn't exist yeah (laughs) kind of like we you know these members want this class can you give it to us so um so I did and it actually worked out I mean I just stuck with very basic primary series and um made sure that I ran it by my teachers every now and then and um yeah it seemed to seem to work and we had a lot of fun didn't we 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 did we really did and but we had a lot of really dedicated students and people that you know just just ordinary everyday people wanting more from their yoga practice and wanting to go into it and you know and this is pre all of the horrible stuff of course that you know has come out uh, regarding Patabi Joyce but I, I was certainly like you I just I just found the practice so exhilarating and, and the challenge and and I guess because I'm probably similarly to you you know I was a dancer I was flexible I was reasonably strong although not nearly as strong as i kind of found that I could be from mainly doing Ashtanga practice but but yeah I mean it's been something very very important I'm sensing you know in your life and my life but from there I want to take you into I introduced you as an award-winning yoga teacher so I'd like to know more about that these awards Kathy. I know well that's uh, that was a very interesting um 
time as well, because um, I think what I took from those days in my, those sort of health and fitness slash Ashtanga days, what I discovered was that the most important thing was that sense of belonging to something um, and being able to share a common interest with other people so I, and have fun and, and leave feeling good. So when I hit my 30s, um, I had a big transformation in my 30s. I had my babies. And after I had my babies, I actually got the terrible blues. You know, I got a little bit of postnatal depression. Mm. And um, there was nothing around me that supported mums and babies uh, in terms of what I was looking for, which was this sense of connection. But, but through rather than just sitting down having cups of tea and sharing stories, I wanted to sort of be able to take my kids to a class where I could practice yoga and stretching, breathing, you know, all of that kind of thing that is very common now, <laughs> very commonplace. But this was sort of um, in the early start of the century, um, 2002. And um, it was just the start of this big, you know, uh, the start of yoga and how it is now, I guess. It was, yeah. Yeah. It was the, it was the beginning of the boom. Yeah. 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 That's it. the beginning of the boom. That's brilliant. Um, and so there was nothing in my area that supported that. So I thought, well, you know what, I'm going to set it up. <laughs> and so I set up, a, you know, church hall. I just set up this tiny little class and I said, right, it's called yoga for moms. Um, come along those of you who need some company we'll do a bit of breath and stretch and then we'll have a cup of tea afterwards and if the babies cry we can look after them you know so it started off like that and it caught on and um it was really strange because at the time I was actually quite depressed <laughs> um but these classes actually anchored me you know it gave me an anchor and um I thought actually if this is working for me maybe it'll work for other people um, but I was horrible at business. So I thought, right, I need to um, go and do a business course. So I went and studied for six months with the enterprise, um, en Enfield Enterprise, which I don't think it exists anymore, but it was offering free business mentoring for women like me, mums predominantly, who um, were struggling. And it just gave so much a wealth of experience about business and I think that's actually something us yoga teachers could you know of of my experience I get asked a lot is how do you keep your business sustainable um, and it is really about learning the the makeup of business if you want to earn money from yoga then you you do have to you have to learn how yeah. to structure yeah. that strategize. So, so yoga for mums was really your entrepreneur your entrepreneurial spirit, I think, coming through because, you know, yeah, talk talk about it more because you've been quite modest, Cathy. You know, you've got <laughs> you've got an award for it. Yeah, it was pretty. It was an it was a um, a breakthrough moment for me. So, um, so yeah. So from sorry, just going back to like teaching and your first kind of iteration of it. So church hall or village hall somewhere. You teaching mum's coming did you have crash facilities or were you just kind of looking after the babies ad hoc so um all, all the mums brought their babies um it was made very very clear that the babies would be looked after by them and um 
you know, now you have to sign a waiver. But in those days, if baby cried, then I would hold the baby and they would just carry on, you know, and um, it worked. It was just a real sangha. It was amazing. It was a real female energy, you know, goddesses. (laughs) Um, But I think in terms of the business, when I saw that it was working, I was getting asked to do a lot more of that kind of thing. And I thought I need to make sure this is going to pay my bills because, Mm. you know, I wasn't earning very much at that time. I think having been an actress and dancer, I knew how to take uh, having going to auditions and things like that. I knew I had the resilience for when doors were, were closed, not to take it personally. I knew that they said, no, you're not, no, we're not going to give you the fund funding for this particular thing that you want to set up. It didn't phase me. I was used to that. Um, and I knew that there was a yes around the corner. And sure enough, this course came along. But when I started trading, which was in 2010, it was just the start of the re- recession. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I set up my business model very much on the, well, what I know now, but um, I set it up to support those with mental health conditions such as postnatal depression. I wanted to support that demographic. So I was setting up in quite a niche area, but I knew that it was working and that people needed this kind of service. So um, I set my business, I started trading in 2010 with Yoga for Mums. And six months later, um, I couldn't believe it, but um, I won the innovative business of the year. That was through Barclays. So it's called the Barclays Innovative Business of the Year. So that was a great platform to then launch this business, which I did at the yoga show. And I was put right next to Katie Appleton. <laughs> but she inspired me, actually. She really inspired me. Yeah. Um, my, my stand. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, you know, it was good to see somebody so young and, and so full of talent. She's such a talented person, but she has got a business sense, got a business yeah. head. Yeah. So, yeah. Tell us a bit more about, about Katie Appleton, just in case listeners aren't aware of Oh, her. well, Katie Appleton, she runs a business called Apple Yoga, um, and it's, it does cover all sorts of areas of yoga. She, I think she was famous for working with Jerry Halliwell. That's and right. Was it the Duchess of York? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> she, she, she worked a lot uh, there. Mm. And I think she went on to work with the ballet company. I'm not sure if she was a dancer in the past herself, um, but she was certainly um, connected mm. with some dancing as well. Yeah. She, um, I don't know. I was parked next to her and I watched how she was holding herself how she was working with people and I learned a great deal and I don't even know if she knows that really but we kept in touch but Katie if you're listening if you're listening hi find me girlfriend <laughs> yeah no that's brilliant so so from there from yoga for mums um I mean is yoga for mums still running or what what happened so it's sort of it sort of took off and it was great. And I did lots and lots of stuff throughout the um, uh, recession. And then we had, um, yes, and the, the, the business started to grow, which was really great. And and I started to win other awards, which was rather nice. And um, so I started to see a difference in my turnover. So I thought, well, I better get trained up. <laughs> 
So I started training up and um, getting myself qualified. Um, and what did I do next? I then, yeah, with yoga for moms, it's uh, it sort of evolved into family work. So I started getting approached by um, two two organisations where I set up something called Enfield's Fit, which was introducing lots of fitness to families and it brought in that yoga element fitness element all of it that holistic kind of way of looking at health and fitness different ways and then we did something called pop-up fitness and that kind of plugged me into um, the community a lot more and started working with the Enfield Council and then suddenly they were asking me if I would work with children and I I, I, that's when things started to turn again because Yoga for Mums was doing really well. I made some DVDs and, you know, all that kind of commercial stuff started to happen. And I had a good sort of five or so years just working in that way. And then this amazing job came working at Ambitious about autism for um, the Treehouse School. And I'd been training the... Um, staff and one of them said do you work with kids and I said not really but I've got kids (laughs) would you like to work with our kids come and show them some yoga so I thought okay and uh, these children have um, complex autism uh, and other um, conditions and I just fell in love with it I just absolutely fell in love with it so I thought I better go and get trained up on that as well because at that point we were well in the 2000s yeah so did you did you go did you do the the special child training with Jossie oh wow amazing yeah I did and um that was transformative again another time of transformation which I think you know is the way of yoga yeah um so that sort of marriage of working with the mums working with families and then working with children um, started to shape where I'm kind of at now. Um, and I think perhaps the biggest turning point was then the Priory Hospital group getting in touch and saying, would you work with our patients? And So that's people in recovery from addictions? That, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I work in two areas. So I work with, I'm part of the general patients team, but I also work with addiction therapy programs as well. And there are two places that I work. There's one, um, a recovery center, which is the Priory, but it's called the Elphis and Mm -hmm. that's in Mill Hill. And I work with the Priory Hospital Southgate in those two areas. And this is, I mean, this is really fascinating and it's something I'm really interested in as well. So what is it about yoga, do you think, that works so well with these populations, with people in recovery from, you know, whatever? What, what is it, do you think, is kind of the heart of the practice for that, for them? I think the heart of the practice is how special yoga is for our nervous system and down regulating the stress response and it's as simple as that really it's coming back to the body because if you're overwhelmed um, then you're in your head and you're disassociated from the body pretty much so it's about returning to the body which you know when what's 
the beauty for me, um, especially working with the therapeutic end of yoga, is this sense of it complementing the talking therapy. So for me, it's very much coming in and supporting the incredible work that the hospital is doing or the school is doing and me coming in and, and, and supporting that, that conversation and that process of coming from the head and thoughts and back to the body. And when you're back in your body, you're more present, you have more focus, you, you think clearer and you feel different. And that's as simple as it gets really. And yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's really interesting, isn't it? How, especially over the last, I guess, decade, maybe more that, you know, the way that we can look at yoga more through the lens of neuroscience um, and of the ideas, you know, inherent in that of the body and the mind connecting so much and, and how, yeah, exactly how that works hasn't always been clear, but, you know, bit by bit as we understand more about the brain particularly, um, which takes us really nicely actually into talking about the minded institute and the training have you finished or are you still doing it the oh, it, oh. it's the course that keeps on giving <laughs> <laughs> yeah is. i've heard <laughs> uh yeah tell us, tell us about that okay so um having worked for the priory for what 12 years and the school for ambitious for about six or seven and i was getting asked so much to do more and more with you know, uh, private practice and uh, with, you know, populations with particular uh, clinical diagnosis. And I thought, okay, I, I've, I've got to do something about this. Am I doing this right? Because um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just sort of, it seems to be working. And um, I do, I had a, you know, odd training with uh, Jyoti and with um, other people, but never really sat down and properly studied and I'd if you know our, we've just been talking about my career it's been winging it most of the time so I thought I probably should take this really seriously because uh, this is getting serious we've we've got I think, a I think you've got um, imposter syndrome haven't you <laughs> I have I have too yeah. it, and, and I kept saying to, I said on the last podcast I kept doing courses and degrees because I thought I just need to know I don't know enough <laughs> And it's that initial thing of like, I couldn't be a yoga teacher because I didn't know all the long words. And, and I think we're very similar in that way. I think that's probably why <laughs> we gel. <laughs> that's really why we like each other so much. Yeah. Um, well, I think I, it's a very interesting thought because in the fitness and the dance world, the same thing happens. And I wonder if it's, it's just everywhere, this idea that you're never quite qualified enough and I wonder if that's anywhere in the world, you know, any business, any, anything, because we used to have it in the fitness world, you know, you just had to do this course or you had to do this training and it was never over, um, which actually is a very interesting thing to talk about because I actually feel, I feel in my life now that I'm at a place where I'm just happy with what I'm doing. There's no sort of, yeah, hurrah. There's no kind of need to do much more, you know, just do what you're well, doing. It you sounds know. like you're freaking fabulous at what you do. <laughs> You've won awards. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
mean I'm great. <laughs> I'm sure, and I'm sure there's more awards. But yeah, no, joking aside, come back to talking about the, the yoga therapy course, the Mind yeah. Institute, because I know Heather Mason has just done incredible work and has brought yoga into the NHS um, and has, has, has kind of like tried, bridged the gap between what we know about yoga and its its amazing abilities to heal and 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 kind of bringing that into the yeah the clinical the hospital environment have I got that right I don't know yeah absolutely yeah yoga in healthcare and I think yeah um yes definitely I think um I always struggled with am I what am I doing here you know I was uh for example teaching groups uh within the hospital environment and knowing that there were, you know, different conditions in the room, how do I support that particular trauma? How do I support that particular addiction? Um, you know, are they married together? What's going on in the room? And, and I think that's when I just sort of sat and think, who can teach me how to dissect all of that? And I had heard of Heather many years ago, and um, I thought, I'm going to go, I'm going to phone her up and and see what she thinks. And uh, her take on the whole thing was really to change, change the narrative about mental health, which now my heart, it just swells with delight because this is actually really important. We need to change the narrative from mental health being a problem to mental health being a condition but we can work together through that condition and, and find a happy space. You know, um, we may have to live with certain conditions the, our entire life, but it, it, it doesn't have to be a problem. And I think having worked with my autistic friends as well, you know, uh, the condition has seen history, sees the condition as a problem. And we're slowly, thanks to the likes of Heather Mason, thanks to the likes of Sir Baron Cohen, Sir Simon Baron Cohen, uh, Dr. Gabor Mate, people like that who are now starting to talk a different language that makes it so much more relatable to everybody and connects us so much more. And it's coming back to that thing of coming together enjoying one another and seeing that you know we've all got things going on in our lives but with each other's support we can actually um we can actually get through stuff a lot quicker um and heal so i think with heather she she and her team have really shone a massive light on on my particular purpose you know for my work and and made it feel much more relevant so for example I started the course the day we went into lockdown (laughs) 2020 25th of March we started our yoga therapy course it's a two-year course Um, so we did most of it online but um, really we we have become lifelong friends I think all of us there's about 35 of us on the course it's huge it covers everything I can't recommend it enough yeah it's a bit of money but you know it's worth every penny um I finished my last exam in February by the way you must be warned it's akin to a master's 
I've heard. Full on. Uh, <laughs> I think I nearly had a breakdown uh, a couple of weeks ago for the dissertation. Yeah, we had to submit a, a dissertation. And that what, was... What, were, what was your subject? Mine is yoga for children, adolescents uh, diagnosed with autistic spectrum disorders. So that's my research paper, yeah. And learned so much from doing it, you know, it's quite incredible. Um, Yeah, and through those two years, I also went through a massive trauma myself, massive loss, um, as did many uh, people. And this course just anchored me. It gave, it was, it was incredible. The tools that I learned, um, totally sharing them with everybody that I meet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, do, do you want to speak more about that or is yeah, it sure. too? Okay. Well, I think the, the course is, um, and I think you'd be really interested in this because it's split into four areas. So you have the yoga component, um, but, and that's, really drawing on the philosophy and the practice um, because if we take a nice restorative gentle practice actually I never thought of this before I did the course but it's it's um, somebody said to me the other day they came up to me and said your classes are so trauma informed and I thought actually that's 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 yoga their yoga practice is very gentle and person-centered so if you, you know, I'm not talking about the Ashtanga classes, of course. I mean, they, they're, they're, they're wonderful, but well, they're I, I think, I think there's a way to practice Ashtanga that's very person-centered and and gentle. But that's probably another another conversation. But let's carry on. Well, of course, actually, yeah. I, of course, because it is a self-practice. Absolutely. Um, so it's bringing it to the mat. And that was my first experience um, was from John is bring it to the mat. John Scott, bring Mm. it Mm. to the mat, work on it on the mat, and then you're more likely to use it in your daily life. So I think that's, that's the essence of the yoga in the yoga therapy. Mm -hmm. And then you've got um, mindfulness. That's another component. Um, And that's been really useful for me, actually, because knowing that you're not your thoughts (laughs) that your mind will play a little dance in your head between past present future um and that sometimes we can get stuck in that repetitive samskara thing um and knowing that okay if i bring my attention to the breath if i bring the the mind to the body and i'm aware of those triggers and what what draws me away from being in the present moment and towards those fears and worries and anxiety, um, the mindfulness can offer you so many amazing tools. One of the best ones for me was learning about sensation um, and seeing sensation not only through stretching and contracting, um, but also sensation through heat and little gurgles in the tummy or hunger or thirst. And then the sensations you get from your thoughts and how powerful they are. You know, those gut feelings or that heartbreak or back pain, shoulder pain. And then of course you then, uh, Heather then blends in the neuroscience. So bringing in the nervous system and how the autonomic nervous system works, how we can find agency through breath and movements, 
to quell the amygdala, you know, reboot, hijack the amygdala and, and reboot the whole prefrontal cortex so that we can think clearer, feel differently, make sense of stuff. Um, and then our last one has flown out of my head and I don't know why it has, but it'll come back in a minute. But yeah. I, I just suddenly thought of the brain. I was visualizing it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, all those wow. elements. And so what, what's next? You've done this training. You're already, you've got so much experience working with these different groups. And what, what, what's the future? What's, what's it looking like for you? And where do you want to go next? Well, um, I think the, the most important thing is um, I would, it, it's likely that I'll um, move more into the Priory and start working with the team a lot more. Um, once I'm qualified, then I will be allowed to, to work with patients uh, individually rather than in, within the groups. Um, that's definitely started to happen with my, my private practice. Um, and yeah, I want to do a lot more um, to help with the education of yoga and somatic work uh, within schools, especially special educational needs schools, um, working alongside autism, um, ADHD. I think mm. attention deficit is mm. a big, a big thing at the moment. Yeah, I and mean, it's it's really interesting. I mean, I I don't work in this area at all, but I I, I feel like there's been a, an explosion of of this, you know, of ADHD and and these other disorders I mean have you noticed that in 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 your work in the last you know 20 years or so are them yeah why is that do you think think, I think there's a massive conversation around that I mean Mm. Gabor Mate's work is is really worth looking into Mm. uh his trauma wisdom I think it's called there's some podcasts um Mm. worth listening to uh yeah I what can I say I feel very worried about the way we're being manipulated and you know I'm starting to stand on my little soapbox here but <laughs> but okay. I, you know, I feel quite strongly that we have this amazing apparatus in our hands <laughs> every day mm. uh, taking over our children's lives but mm. this the way that it's being worked you know Twitter for example it's all based around animal behavior and um I mean it's just bizarre I it and and it can't get any better that we're developing minds that cannot hold focus for very long yeah Um, yeah yeah I mean I know I noticed that in myself you know my my attention span it was never great to begin with but I yeah I definitely noticed that there's that tendency to flick to switch between things very very quickly and to get bored very quickly and to not be able to yeah focus that attention but what I do find and you know (laughs) duh when I practice yoga that that disappears I can bring my focus to my breath I can bring my focus to my body and that's why we should all be doing it every day three more I couldn't agree more (laughs) Well, there's lots of lots of interesting research about mirror neurons and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. modeling. And, you know, that's um, something that 
I notice people text and email uh, a lot to one another. So we're losing the, well, some, some children are starting to grow up without actually picking up the phone and talking to people or making eye contact. And we've, we've, um, we've got some cases now where there's this, well, if we think about the wild, if you think about a tiger, it spots its prey, it spots its little rabbit and his, his nervous system changes. It goes into sympathetic arousal. So the eyes become very fixed and, and, and the body begins to get stronger and it's ready to, to fight. Um, and then the bunny's sitting there, you know, eating whatever it's eating and its eyes are very in the parasympathetic mode and, it, and the eyes are just tracking slowly and they're relaxed and the brain is relaxed. Well, when we're looking at um, our computers and our phone, there's a flick, it's a flickering light. It's a flickering light, so it's agitating your nervous system. And if you're on that for mega periods or long time, uh, long hours a day, is that right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, your, your brain starts to go into that pattern very quickly. It starts to develop in a certain way. And yeah. so making eye contact with somebody for some people can be seen as quite an aggressive thing if you're looking in someone's eyes. So our yoga practice can sort of decouple that a little bit, I think. We can, we can start to practice together, make safe eye contact in a relaxed way. <laughs> we can um, move together in a relaxed way and we start to sort of yeah. change the, the nervous system. It's amazing. It's fascinating. It's my lifelong study and yours, I know that. And I mean, what fascinates me incredibly every time I am on the yoga mat is, you know, how much information there is and it's that kind of allowing the information to emerge that I think yoga you know yoga really facilitates that but going back to you know the idea of sangha community practice uh, you know courses um, that's the thread I think of this conversation that you know we started in leg warmers <laughs> with with our dance families and and I think it, you know the last couple of years certainly have been have been difficult for yoga teachers in terms of connection teaching in you know in a safe way etc and you, I know you've got your own yoga studio at the end of your garden mm. the, the Om Shedi <laughs> Om Shedi Shala Om Shedi Shala <laughs> and are you are you teaching in the Om Shedi uh, in person virtually or is it your practice space how, how does it work so it's my practice space definitely um every morning I uh meditate that's my my way to wake up and um and then I have clients there uh, throughout the day and in the evening I've got some classes and of course I'm sure a lot of other yogas yoga teachers will be doing this it's a bit of a hybrid at the moment where I've got, you know, a live stream and a class happening. It's very small. I can only take five people in there, uh, which is great, which is the way I've headed. I've gone from those massive fitness and yoga classes that were squished. We squished them in. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That was great fun. But now I want to be able to 
work with people and and really help develop their practice um and give them that time really that's what's important to me now is yeah having yeah. time wow lucky yeah. lucky students that's all I'll say lucky students likewise well I, I my teaching practice has sort of dwindled I teach a couple of times a month I job share with a friend and we we teach in a really small gym it's it's a sort of dragon a dragon situation minus the pool uh, <laughs> and there's just 10 spaces but I actually love that and it's a really nice group and I teach a little privately um but I've got really into exploring restorative yoga and I'm doing another another training next month <laughs> with Anna Ashby which oh, yeah. really looking forward to yeah it's the the, the part two because I like you I did the part one just before the lockdown so I never really got to teach it a lot but I, I I do a little bit and I love that but but yeah it's it's so good to talk to you and it's so good to to kind of mirror our journeys together from teaching at Dress. <laughs> I didn't teach there very long actually because I left not I left London for Norwich not long not long after that and I remember yeah went off yeah 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 but, but we've kept in touch and I've I just knew I had to have you on and talk to you. So it's been absolutely brilliant. And um, yeah, that that kind of brings us to nearly the end. But what else? What else are you doing? Well, um, I am going to be launching my, before COVID, I uh, started working with uh, Michaela Shoulders at the uh, London Children's Practice um, in Harley Street. And I think they've moved now, but they're they're nearby. And with Timia um, Virag, who's a, a Senko teacher. Um, and we all met at the Treehouse School, Ambitious About Autism, um, but we've since gone freelance. And um, we formed something called Inclusive Movement Therapy, which was before the COVID. And now we, we want to do more. And it's very much just offering um, skills somatic skills for tutors ot's uh parents anyone who works with children with particular complex needs so um but then again you see here i am bringing it all into one little pot it's for all children (laughs) can i is there something i can put in the show notes about that and 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 anything else you're doing i know you've got website but it looks like it's under construction it's under construction because i am now moving from yoga for mums to kathy underwood yoga yay um, because it has transformed so yet again we're in a period of change so yes is um kathyunderwoodyoga.com okay i'll I'll get all that and I'll put it all in the show. Oh, yes, please. Thank Kathy, you. Kathy, it's just been so lovely talking to you. And one of these days we'll meet in yeah. real life, I'm sure. And Definitely. Oh, yeah. My, yes. I yeah. Want to you, didn't you do lots of lovely dancing classes at one point, dance yoga classes? Um, well, I was doing lots of tango. Um, and I did, I did do a bit with tango and yoga, but no, I, I've not I've not been dancing enough recently so that's yeah that's on my to-do list is more dancing yeah well thank oh. you so much for for this pleasure, so pleasure. Much for contacting me and uh, asking oh you, no yeah. it's been a pleasure it's been so interesting and yeah <laughs> let's let's catch up again soon definitely that would be oh. great oh okay Kathy Love. thanks so much <laughs> Thank you.
Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, feel free to tell your friends and join us again next time in the yoga room.